I mean, it's like, I was a kid. I was stupid. Oh, Children are stupid. I mean, why would you know that? Especially in the middle of Michigan, you're probably not exposed to many languages. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that has alliances with three different podcasts and doesn't tell any of them about them, so that later we can form a soul alliance and destroy the podcast industry. I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, who who's your alliance? I feel like I had to do a factory reset, because <laughs> that's not the question I was expecting. Brain nowhere. And then I could think of nothing. <laughs> Good. This is good yes-anding. <laughs> My alliance is to me, myself, and I. That's a good alliance, That's as true. sometimes should be the case in Survivor. Where would you be on the D&D alignment chart? And for those who don't know the D&D alignment chart, it is 3x3 three three grid with one access being good, neutral, evil, which I interpret as selfless, neutral, selfish. And then lawful neutral and chaotic which is basically how much of a code you have versus like ends justify the means fuck you got mine so yeah. like for example johnny fairplay chaotic evil 100 <laughs> percent chaotic evil yeah i would definitely say so so where do you think you line up on that chart uh i feel like we both know where i line up here where i'm i'm either lawful good or neutral good Oh, see, I was going to say lawful neutral or lawful good. So it sounds like you're lawful good. Yeah. All right. You're the paladin. We, we found the two rectangles that meet in a square. I am definitely chaotic. Yep, I would agree. I think I'm chaotic good. I like to think I'm chaotic good. Maybe I'm chaotic neutral. I'm going to say chaotic neutral. Yeah. I think you neutral. have... Chaotic neutral is a good place to land because it gives you the power to, like, I could do this for whatever so pleases me yeah and for anyone that is listening that does play D, &D <laughs> chaotic neutral sometimes gets referred to as chaotic stupid <laughs> because it's everyone's first D, &D alignment and it sure. they take it as like i'm wild and crazy i'll do anything i like to think i'm not chaotic stupid that's not what, well no well sometimes i'm chaotic stupid <laughs> <laughs> well no that's not who you are but you do fit in that square. Not the stupid. The neutral. How's your week been, Steven? Chaos, definitely. <laughs> How's your week been, Steven? I'm alright. It's been it's been busy. It's the first... Well, it's not the first week. It's week zero of high school football. And I officiate high school football. So I went to a scrimmage yesterday. That's why you're not available for the next ten Fridays. Correct. Yep. Yes. Yep. It, it was funny. I, I like being around football. I like being around high school football because it's... It's a learning experience sometimes. It's competitive a lot of the time. This was funny because it was them playing against their own kids. Mm. And so there was a moment where the quarterback, like, scrambles, gets out, and then one of their players, like, pushes them down from behind, and the guy gets up immediately and just, like, cusses out his teammate. What are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah, he's right. Maybe don't do that. Yeah, maybe don't hurt your own team. Yeah. Like, it was legal. He... You can tackle a ball carrier from behind. Yeah, that's true. I was thinking of a block in the back, but that's not what that is. No. No, that's different. Yes. Yeah. Oh, believe me. I've been reading that stupid rule book. I am up for promotion this year, so I have to take a test. And it's it's open book. Like, I get two hours open book, but I have to take this test, and I have to get a certain score, and I only get one try. I would say despite... Wait, one try per year or one try overall? Per year. Okay, good. I would say despite our very close relationship, we have, on the Venn diagram of who we are as people, there's very little overlap in the way that we approach the world. And the best example of this, and, and there's <laughs> not usually a lot, this doesn't usually create a lot of friction between you and I, but where it does is refereeing, because mm. I fucking hate referees, and I know they're necessary, yep. but like professional sports referees, I, at least football, I feel like are garbage they're garbage. The NFL has garbage fucking refs. And you, being a ref, have that inside knowledge of, like, we'll go to defend them, and I'm, like, rip them limb from limb. <laughs> you are the worst kind of fan, and... 
And mind you, I don't hate every NFL ref. I hate the ones that I know their names. Yeah. If I know... I should not know your name as a referee. <laughs> my... Oh my god. <laughs> I don't want to go to bat for referees now. I put you in that Steven, corner. Steven, not... I am not the shining example of referee. Steven, the patron saint of referees. <sighs> Being in a position to make judgment calls in a split second is the worst. I know, and the NFL does not set them up to succeed because there's there's so much they can do with, like, <laughs> replays and eye in the sky mm-hmm. and, like, taking, like, uh, judgment calls out of their hands and making them objective. Yep. You put a fucking microchip in the ball. There's already microchips in the balls to tell exactly where it is on the field, so you always know. But they kind of want that ambiguity because it drives up controversy and discussion. Yeah, and, I mean, we kind of see it with pitch strike zone. Baseball's playing with it a little bit, yeah. and... As nice as it is, like, hey, you have this yes or no, it does create some weird problems that I, we could go into for sure. a long time. But every solution creates more problems, and you have to figure out, is it worth it? And some sports leagues are saying no. I think it's worth it. I agree. I think video or, like, electronic refereeing for some things, is worth it. That's I, I don't want to go too long on this conversation. That's where we're leaving it. <laughs> Speaking of things we're... that we've left, emails. If you want to email us, feel free to do so. SurvivorTBT at gmail.com or you can message us on Reddit, you slash SurvivorTBT. We have a good chunk of emails in here. I'm going to read half of them, as, as we do, and we'll get back with the other half for the next episode. First email from Connor. Connor, don't know if this is for the final seven episode but wanted to hear what you guys think about defensive players people who play the game defensively because mm-hmm. defensive players kind of get a rap a, a bad rap for doing things and not like striking in this example he's like sandra really hasn't made a move here mm-hmm. like, sandra is sitting back and taking in information and like like in the krista bit for example with the fish she didn't really do anything to like further her game, but she definitely didn't do anything to put herself in the spotlight. As Sun Tzu says, which, yes, I'm pretentious as fuck quoting Sun Tzu, <laughs> never interrupt your opponent while they're making a mistake. Mm. And in Survivor, everyone is your opponent. Yeah. I'm trying to think, who, who are some other players that you would list as examples of defensive that we've seen so far, Steven? Because I'm, I'm struggling here. Hmm. I see what you're saying. I guess Ethan's an example. Ethan Ethan could be an example. You could make the argument for, like, maybe Colby. Colby was in the lead position and he didn't have to play. uh, Yeah. But I think that's different different. back then. It is. It's very different. And I don't know that we've seen a whole lot of people like this. Yeah, and I think that there's, there's a difference... Not all defensive players are created equal, and not all defensive strategies are created mm-hmm. equal. In that, if you're playing defensively of like, okay, I'm just going to try to not make a mistake, mm-hmm. I think that's a bad idea. Yeah. Because people are going to move and shake, and you're going to get caught out like Krista does, frankly. Krista is this, I mean, she goes home this episode, she's she's pretty defensive. She's not really making a whole lot of moves. Sandra is also defensive, mm-hmm. but Sandra is seeing a big picture and has a giant shield that is a human-shaped mouth of Johnny Fairplay. (laughs) So she can do all of this, frankly, sneaky stuff. Mm -hmm. She's spying on people. She's letting people... She let her closest ally take the fall for her. Yeah. And by all rights, she should have gone home like three episodes ago. (laughs) But she is... She's keeping the aggro off of her and casting it on literally anyone else to get farther in the game and being an inform- a defensive information broker, yeah. which is different from, oh God, I'm trying to white knuckle and just like throw like someone else under the bus so I can like hide and not be seen, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. So here's the reason why I think we haven't seen anything like this before is because up until last season... It was very tribal. 
Yes. And like you got to your point in the game and it was, okay, cool. Now we can cannibalize ourselves. Now, with again, Marquesas being the one exception, and yeah. it's crazy to me that they bury that season yeah. because it's it's ahead of its time. Yeah. So I guess Vesepia could also be one that was like a, def- a defensive gameplay. That's true. That's that's a good uh, look at you. Look at you pointing that out. Yeah. Also got kind of a bad rap, Vesepia. Yeah. It's not as interesting to watch if the person is not super charismatic. Mm-hmm. If the person is not a great storyteller and is subtlety is harder to put on camera and defensive tends to also be subtle. I feel like I was going to say, if you're a showboating defensive player, I don't think you're a very good defensive player. Well, you have to be showboating to us. Sure. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And then second half of this email, by the way, it hasn't been confirmed, but after Rupert got voted out, Sandra and Krista were so mad at Will that while she laid in the shelter asleep, they would kick sand in her face. <laughs> Boy, I don't know if that's true, but man. <laughs> brutal. This season's dirty, man. In more ways than one. More ways than one. Oh, good stuff. Okay. From Josh, two interviews where Jeff talks about the outcast twist. So I have a couple links here, one of which is the episode nine of On Fire with Jeff Probst. They talk about, they have an entire episode dedicated to controversial twists. Gotcha. And now that I see the episode title, I'm like, yeah, I definitely did listen to that. But good good stuff there. And then also there is an, a YouTube video of, looks like Google Talks to Jeff Probst, a peek behind the scenes of Survivor's 20-year success. So go look that up if you want some more let's, information. Let's put the links in the show notes. Yeah, we can do that. Updating Jeff's season rankings... As well as the first 19 seasons. Okay, so this is Jeff ranking first 19 seasons, but the ones that we have so far. Borneo, number one. Okay. Pearl Islands, number five. Wow, okay. Outback, Australian Outback, number eight. Amazon, 10. Africa, 12. Marquesas, 18. Thailand, 19. God, that list is a mess. Even, like, of what we know so far. Like, Pearl Islands and Borneo and Thailand all feel right. Africa feels too high. Marquesas is way too low. Yeah. And I think Australia is a little too high. Yeah. But that's that's his experience of, like, making them versus our experience of watching them. Correct. Rupert was so angry upon voting out, production had him monitored to make sure he wouldn't run back into the game and hit someone. Yeah. The job partially fell to Rhino. That's hilarious. <laughs> that is hilarious. Why would you say, okay, can you please just watch him and, like, make sure he doesn't do something stupid? Yeah, I guess. I mean, there's clearly... We've seen Rupert bordering on violence. I don't think he would cross that threshold, but... Production doesn't know that. Production doesn't know that. You don't want to bank on that. Yeah. And if you know somebody like somebody, you never think they're going to do something heinous, and yet people do sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Which is interesting that they're like, hey, we want to bring this person back for All-Stars, but we're also kind of worried about people's safety. I think they cared more about that, like, in the earlier seasons, when it comes to, like, I think the show has has shifted a focus to putting, like, the reality television elements further in, Mm -hmm. especially with, like, Johnny Fairplay. Mm -hmm. But also, Rupert is a star. Rupert gets great ratings, and the executives are going to say, yeah, we're bringing him in, even if the crew has to eat shit. Yeah. Because they're worried about him being violent. Yeah. And then finally, just some math on filming dates. And I saw another email about this, so I'm sure we're going to hear it twice. Pearl Islands ended filming on July 31st, 2003. And All Stars started filming November 3rd, 2003. So Rupert had about three months off. The All Stars cast had seen the first four or five episodes, so they had an idea of who he was. However, Rupert got no pregame time, which is important in all-star seasons. What do you mean by pregame time? I don't entirely know what that means. Gotcha. Probably more so like he didn't really, he wasn't prepared. He was probably a last second selection and was told, hey. Oh, like getting like the survival books and like here's the rundown of the area. Yeah, okay. Or even just like, 
hey, here's time for you to go back and like watch these previous seasons and look at your competition. He should have done that before Pearl Islands, frankly. I mean, yes. But if you're going to All-Stars, you can go back and take note of... That's true. The, I, this is pretty sure who I'm going to see. Yeah, these are these people's games. Yeah. yeah. Interesting stuff. Moving on to the episode 10 email from Carl. Carl, whoa, which show was Jared on? This would definitely crack my top five all-time episodes up to this point in the show's run. The entire 45 minutes is edited to showcase the tragic demise of the show's greatest ever hero, and everything from the symbolism to the music at the Immunity Challenge is just perfect, in my opinion. Unfortunately, right now, I will not say what show I was on because the studios that are involved are under strike, mm. and I don't want to be, have it be perceived as me promoting struck content. So yeah. once the strike is over, I will mention it. Yeah, we'll get back there. Good call. <laughs> uh, send the pictures of the episodes and the, for whatever reason, they are not loading. So I don't entirely know. I, here, we'll go through this way. <laughs> Just looking at it there. They're, they're not in the email, but they're at the bottom. So Rupert's so sad. We don't have any context. Sad Rupert. <laughs> Snarky Sandra. More sad Rupert. Rupert ripping a coconut in half. Yeah. With the dead coconut. <laughs> Johnny Fairplay consoling a crying Lil. That was the one where she's like, I'm a bad person. Lil is obsessed with whether or not she's a good person. Yeah. The Lil one is my favorite I've done so far ever. <laughs> it's pretty good. Jared says that Rob had a very similar math to Johnny Fairplay and that more right than he even knows. John was recruited, and before going on the show, all the seasons by his friend, including the upcoming Thunder D, who pointed out to him specifically Rob Cesternino, John would go on to say that he took notes and modeled his game after Rob's. That makes a lot of sense. Him switching and not wanting to be fourth is directly Rob's influence. Before Rob, people were generally much happier accepting their fate. Yeah. Rob, changing the game, baby. There, so far, the people that have changed Survivor, in my opinion, in the first seven seasons, just off off the cuff, I mean, Rich. Rich is, I consider, the grandfather of Survivor. He created Survivor. He created Survivor. Boston Rob. Interesting. And then I think it's Rob in Amazon. Okay. And now probably Johnny Fairplay, but not for the better. Why Boston Rob? He's the first person we see be, do the strategy of, I don't need to have the top two people on my side. I just need to have the majority. I just need people. Exactly. <laughs> and he does it very sloppy, mm -hmm. and he's abrasive and lazy. But that little nugget in there, I think, is the start of what Rob then does in season six, and now Johnny's trying to emulate in season seven. <laughs> Funny. John said, I need to date women like you. Yeah. After Lil said, simple things make me very excitable. No to that too. It might have been edited in, but when Lil was kissing Burton, I heard Burton yell, quit doing that, Lil. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> also loved it when John said, I hope to God you lie or something along the lines and Lil crying, don't say that about God. Lil. Lil. We have to talk about your relationship with God. Lil, what are you doing here? <laughs> what would the show have done if Lil drunkenly tumbled off the boat there? That's a good question. I would hope save her. Yeah, I, I yeah. <laughs> John said in an interview that he and Burton almost never talk strategy and Sandra caught them the one day they did. I don't believe him. Because I'm not saying that they went out to that beach and talked strategy every single day, but we see them talk strategy every single episode. Sure. Burton spends the first half of this episode being like, I haven't talked to John yet. I don't know. I don't know. Me and John got to talk. So like, <laughs> come on, man. Burton apparently had a different attitude after coming back into the game. Before he was nice and team oriented. Then the night he came back, he apparently said to everybody in the Drake shelter, which one of you fuckers do I have to sleep next to tonight? Wow, they really, they really edited out that animosity. Yeah. 
Jeez. I mean, Burton is changed. Yeah. Burton's oh, no. a really interesting character. He is. We can talk about that a little bit. Rupert was extremely invested in his own storyline. Yeah. He's a flawed character that's part of why he's one of my favorites of all time. Mm. Also for being an absolute quote machine. Yes. <laughs> this camp stinks of rotten death. <laughs> that's the last thing I give Burton, except a vote. It's great. And the timeless classic, so much for my dreams. That's fucking you should use that on a cold open for like a midwestern emo song with the guitar going underneath it like come on okay hold on this is where he was so beloved that he was actually a whole reward challenge for a challenge in israeli survivor as in the tribe that won the reward challenge won rupert they made rupert a red beret from thailand rupert just comes in and it's glorious that's amazing that's so cool and because we're heading into dead grandma territory, it's worth noting that in 2003, <laughs> Jeff had been hyping up the biggest lie ever on Survivor since before the season started. In promotional terms, Probst is hyping this up even more than Rupert. So everyone has been waiting for this big lie episode since episode one. I do remember something about oh. this big lie. like Interesting, because the, the show tries to downplay it, the episode it happens, like we talked about. It's so, weird, yeah. Huh. Man, every mention of All-Stars just makes me think of how much there is going to be talk about. Especially in episode one, because of all the preseason stuff with selections and all that. These emails are going to break my computer storage limits. <laughs> You're right. Thank you for that. And I love it. And then our last email from Tyler also has the note, All-Stars filmed. They, they had a little bit of a window. Thank you. Here's the tribe breakdown for All-Stars. So you have a few weeks to think about dynamics. Do you want this? Let's save this one for next episode. Okay. Okay. We're going a little long, so. Sure. Well, we have more emails next episode. Let's go through it now. Okay. <laughs> so right now, your three tribes. Actually, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you one of the tribes. Ooh. I'm not, I'm not going to give you all the breakdown of the rest. But you give me a number, one, two, or three, and I will give you one of those tribes. Three. Three. Okay. This tribe is Colby, Hatch, Shean, Jenna from Amazon, Lex, and Kathy. I'm so fucking excited for All Stars. Isn't this going to be great? Holy shit. There's so much going on, even just with that one tribe. What were the first two names you said again? Colby and Hatch. That alone made me go, <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. I love that so much. And I'm, so I'm even, I'm just looking at these names and we could have so much to talk about. But I'm going to do that one. Anything about those dynamics that you want to pick out? Okay. If I was going to draw alliances out of this tribe or people that I think will like naturally gravitate towards each other, mm -hmm. Colby, Colby and Kathy feel like a natural match. And that feels very similar to Colby Kim in, sure. in his own season. Like, that seems to be the type of people that Colby is, like, a, enjoys to be around. You could throw Sheehan in that mix, too. Man, Hatch and Lex going against <laughs> each other. They're either going to be total enemies or the best of, like, frenemies. Like best buds? Well, like, in that alliances don't have to be people you like or trust, just that your interests align. Yeah. Because I could see Hatch and Lex being the targets to go after on the tribe. Sure. Like, if you've seen their seasons, it's like, oh, yeah, we gotta get these guys the fuck out of here. Who would you say is the first vote out of that tribe? Really depends on how Hatch and Lex shake it up. If and I... if they're able to. If the strategy for that tribe in All-Stars is to go after the person they think is the biggest threat right away, Colby, Hatch, or Lex go first. Mm. Although... You don't want to get rid of Colby's too good at the challenges, so take that back. Okay. It's Hatch or Lex. Okay. But if you want to keep the tribe strong, and if you believe in yourselves that you can outplay them in the later game, then you get rid of Jenna or maybe Sheehan. If I say... I don't think Kathy's a target. Okay. If I say Jared make a call right now, who would you say? On the first try, on this tribe, who's yeah. the first one to go? I'm going to say Hatch. Okay. Yeah. Fun. I think he has so much notoriety to him that he can get taken out pretty early. Okay. Cool. And it's not like he's somebody's going to like beast the challenges for you. Sure. All right. That's all our emails for today. We'll come back. We got more. God, I'm so excited for All Stars.
Me too, baby. Me too. Bobber. All right, so this episode came out on December 4th of 2003. A couple things that happened in the week between episodes. The first of Nelson Mandela's AIDS benefit concerts was held at Greenpoint Stadium in Cape Town. These were a pretty big deal at the time. I didn't know he had AIDS concerts. Yeah, benefiting uh, AIDS research in right. Africa and all of that. So, yeah. also famously not dead, uh, as, the, <laughs> as opposed to what people with the, that believe in the Mandela effect. The Return of the King comes out. Ooh, this is a pretty big cultural moment. This is, I think, the best of the three. Okay, in my opinion, of the three Lord of the Rings movies. Sure. Yeah, and then the song has changed. Okay. It's now Stand Up by Ludacris face, featuring Shauna. I have no idea who Shauna is, but I do know this song because he shouts Stand Up like over and over again. <laughs> I don't stand like... Stand Up! I don't like early 2000s R&B I, I, hip-hop. R&B I'm fine with. Or sorry, I... It's, it's this hip-hop transitioning into pop music. Yes. That is... It's a weird no-man's land if they don't know what to do with it. I like hip-hop rap r&b all of that that is that is fast and lyrical Mm -hmm. i don't like the slow or like the repeating the same like thing over and over again that's exactly what this music is for a while yeah and for me it's it's like they tried to meet in the middle of hip-hop and pop yeah and didn't do either very well agreed i'm gonna go through the top five movies before i do that just a general note general note on movies and struck content we are not supporting these studios we're just using this as like a moment in time yeah. of like this is what the box office looked like when studios weren't stri- struck yeah. because because of the writers and actors strikes we're we're just gonna kind of breeze through this section for an, a little an, while until it's it's done we're giving the historical context we're not supporting the studios yep and uh don't scab <laughs> don't be a scab so the top five movies, The Haunted Mansion, The Missing, Elf, Gothica, <laughs> Doctor Who's Cat in the Hat has fallen all the way down to number six in one week, by the way. Mm. And number one, Bad Santa. Haha, <laughs> okay. I will say Bad Santa, do you still wanna take a guess? Do we wanna do I we wanna take have a guess? Okay, what do you think the reviews are? It's gonna be audience score of sixty-four, critic score of 52. It's actually reviewed really well. Really? Audience score of 75, critic score of 78. Okay. I haven't seen this movie. So. It's a dark comedy. I only know of it. Yeah. Billy Bob Thornton, Tony Cox, and Bernie Mac about running a heist that they run every year on Christmas. Yeah. That's a cool concept. Okay. Cool. Anything else? That is it. All right. Then let's get into the episode. Episode 12, Would You Be My Brutus Today? What a silly title. A2, baby. So, vibe check on this season. How do you feel about this season at this point, Stephen? At the time watching it? Right now. Oh. Like, compared to the other seasons, like, or even compared to the early season, the early parts of this season, are you still having a good time? Do you think it's better or worse? I love this season. This is probably my favorite season. Wow. Of what we've seen so far. Okay. I'm torn. Okay. Because I... I'm not having as much fun as I was with Amazon, surprisingly. Okay. And it's, I feel like the dog that caught the car. <laughs> you got what you wanted. I got what I wanted and everyone's like backstabbing each other and mm-hmm. and trying to win, but they're all kind of sloppy at it right now. Yes. And so like going from Rob doing it masterfully with other people playing very different games Versus everyone trying to kind of copy Rob's game from last season, but not... It doesn't feel authentic to all of them. And I want Johnny Fairplay to go home. Mm. I'm I'm over him. Every single person knows that he's lying to them. Mm-hmm. And there is a power in that, in that, okay, cool, the devil you know. But every single person also goes... But I think he's being truthful about this thing. Yeah. And I'm like, why do you think that? Why do you think that? So what? This is kind of what I hinted at at the start. By the end of this episode, Johnny Fairplay 
has three different final three triangles. Yeah. And everyone just believes that they're the person that he's being honest with. Yeah. And he's now... I've complained in previous seasons about, like, why are you not going after the frontrunner? Everyone thinks they're the frontrunner because they think they can beat Johnny Fairplay in a final two. Uh Uh-huh. Do you think that's true? It's all about the spin, baby. Yeah, I know. So... What, I think you hit it on the head that they don't necessarily trust him, but they think they oh. think they think they can use him. Yeah, and look at the line of bodies behind him. <laughs> they also all thought they could use him. Mm-hmm. Why are why do you think that you're different? It's like it's like in a, a movie when like the superheroes just like knocked out seventy eight guys in a row, and you're like, I'm number seventy nine. I'm gonna this. take him down. <laughs> But do we have to give credit to Johnny Fairplay of doing this in a way that doesn't get him kicked out? It's interesting because I've I've said before that Johnny Fairplay is the master of fucking around without finding out. Mm-hmm. And that's probably also how he's lived his life. Okay. And I don't know how he does it. For a while I knew how he did it, but it's so blatant now uh-huh. that I don't... I don't know how nobody is calling him on this shit. Or like this episode, Lil kind of figures out that she's on the outs and he manipulates her very easily into still siding with him. Mm-hmm. What? The, what? What? If nothing else, he's good at reading his situation and spinning it to where he can make it work for him. I know. It's, it's kind of brilliant. It's kind of brilliant. I wish he wasn't so evil. Like, as a person. Sure. As a game player, it is interesting. And I do like watching him and Sandra go blow for blow. Yeah. Without anybody kind of realizing, maybe even not the two of them realizing, that they are the adversaries going after each other. All in all, I am very happy with how... I I don't like some of the more messy stuff that happens in this season. I don't like the... The lies I don't like are the ones that are like, she made me swear on my grandmother's grave when he's the one that mm-hmm. put it out there and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, that's that's some Bush League shit. <laughs> that's some Bush League shit. But man, some of the game playing's really good. Mm-hmm. <sighs> we haven't seen anything like this on Survivor. I know. And you have to decide, if you're a producer, you're looking at this, do I want Survivor to be more like this or less like this? I don't think you want an entire cast of these people. No, God, no. That would be unwatchable. <laughs> it would be. It would be a problem. And to, to talk about Lil for a second, this is what happens when somebody who should have left the game 20 days ago, and did, to be fair, yeah, has hung around and is just kind of flailing all over the place and is not made to play Survivor. Lil is not made to play Survivor! Yeah. I mean, she has the the survivor skills. Oh, yeah, survival. she has survival skills. <laughs> Sorry, she does not have survivor skills. You're correct. Do you think... We're at a weird spot here where kind of anybody could go forward. Yeah. Do you think she's goat material and she's going to be taken to the end? I, I think so. And Sandra brings up at Tribal Council, she's like, I don't want to go against Lil. She's too likable. I'm like, is she... <laughs> Because, like, people kick sand in her face and put her back in the game so that they don't have to be around, be around her. her. Like, are you sure? Mm-hmm. Like, she has a likable story, but it sounds like she kind of gets on people's nerves. And the people on the jury are not people watching in America. Yeah. So, are you sure? Like, you think Rupert's going to vote for her? I, I think that was brilliant for her to... If nothing else... Oh, it was a brilliant move. We'll, get, we'll talk about it more yeah. when we get there. But okay. I just, like... So, I, I'm torn. I don't think she's the goatiest goat that's left in the game. <laughs> the goatiest goat that ever had goated? It's Lil and Dara are the goats. Mmm. Even though Dara can shoot real good? Oh, she shoots so good. <laughs> okay, we're good. Let's, let's move into the episode. Because yeah. Krista starts the episode with what we've already talked about. You think John would lie? Yes! <laughs> He's not... I, I don't understand why they made this deal. I, Burton... He should be here and Burton should be gone. That mm-hmm. is categorically a misplay by Krista and Sandra. Mm-hmm. You had the snake under your boot and you went, nah. Nah. 
And you know who really needs to go right now? Tea. Tea. <laughs> and, like, you would have your opportunity to take tea out later. Yes, I agree. That was a bad move. And it gets Krista voted out here. Yeah. So. If you had Dara and Lil on your side for that vote, mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, get rid of tea. Yeah. But yeah. you didn't. You... you blindsided them and now in their eyes you're just as bad as johnny fairplay mm -hmm. and so like they talk and then they're like we need dara and dara's kind of not in on this no she's she's basically saying oh, i don't know man i i kind of like what's going on here and sandra is very also very good at being direct without being like super abrasive so mm -hmm. to go to dara and dara's kind of waffling she's like no yet yeah, burton would you vote for him yes or no and dara goes no Okay. All right. Cool. Then I need a new plan. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then we focus on Burton being the new fisherman. He is the new... He's the new Rupert. He's the new fish economy. Yeah. And Though he... nobody seems to care about that at this point. No. It's it's kind of fun that way. You only got to make it like eight more days. Fish economy doesn't matter. It, the power of the fish economy wanes as the game goes on. Correct. In the early game, you are untouchable. Yeah. Post-merge, you're... Okay, it's still in your favor. Final five or six, who gives a fuck? Nobody cares. Yeah. Somebody might care, but nobody cares. And then they're like, hey, reward challenge coming. Let's read this note. Oh, it says something about getting wet and uh, maybe swimming. And Sandra's like, oh, God, if it's if it's swimming, I'm screwed. Hey, Sandra, almost every single challenge this entire season has involved swimming. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I hear wet and water, that's awful for me. You are correct, Sandra, that it's awful for it's you. It's awful for her. So we get to the reward challenge. It's an obstacle course. You're drawing for random teams and you're drawing for random spots. I like this. And that's a problem. Yeah. Because the people who we pull out are arguably the weakest swimmers. Yeah, I will say, this could have gone worse than it does. Uh-huh. The teams were The teams and positions were surprisingly balanced. Yes. I think no matter where... Unless Sandra is position three, Sandra's going to be a liability. Yeah, but it could have... Imagine the teams could have been something like one team, Sandra swimming first, and then Dara, and then Krista or Lil, and on the other team, you have Burton swimming first, yeah. and then, you know, Dara and oh, no. Johnny Fairplay. You know, it could have been so much worse. We got lucky that this was even competitive. Yeah, until it wasn't. <laughs> until it wasn't. So, I, I don't really need to beat around the bush on this one. Sandra struggles she to... She chokes. I wouldn't even say chokes. There were low expectations. And she chokes on those <laughs> expectations. Like she unties the first paddle, and she gets to the second paddle, and this is all in the water. She's trying to untie, and she just can't do it. It's, yeah. it's so She hard. cannot untie that knot. No. And, and Burton's so mad. He's so mad. I don't know why you're so mad. You knew what this was. Because, dude, this reward is massive. It is. It's a massive reward. And we haven't talked a lot about the rewards themselves this season. Because mm -hmm. they've all been pretty even-keeled, pretty... Like, no reward has really been so much better or so much worse than any other ones. Yeah. This one is huge. Survivor tries to ramp up the rewards and they get better as they go. But that's not always the case. Because not everything has the same value to everyone. Like Think the, about this versus the fishing trip. Like this yeah. is this is a day and a half. Yeah, this is this is huge because they yeah. get to go overnight to a spa. They get dinner. They get breakfast. This is something that was reserved for only Colby to go on a horseback, <laughs> and he came back miserable with all the food. And you get your swimsuit from your bag. Yeah, weird that they pull, waited to pull this out till. Day 31 yeah. of like, oh yeah, here's the first clothes out of your suitcase that we've all forgotten about yeah. in the audience. We forgot that you took their suitcases. You should have been playing with this much earlier. Uh-huh. And your personal clothes would do amazing things for yep. anyone. And like we see part of the problem in this challenge because people are losing their tops left and right. This is this the topless challenge. challenge. Yeah. And like... You can't help it. Like, they, no. if they were... On, everyone's wearing their buff as a, a, a top. bikini, yeah. a top. And as soon as it's, you, like, dive down in water, it's gonna move. Well, it's Dara and Krista specifically. I don't yeah. think Lil and Sandra are. And, hey, very very small credit where credit is due. The show doesn't make a big deal of it. No. Or 
I mean, compared to, like, episode one, where it's like, all right, the No Pants Squad, like, yeah. haha, look at that, naked people, or, like, last season, where it's like, we'll give you pizza if you show your boobs. Yeah. This time, it's just like, oh, yep, we blurted out, and they put back on their tops, and we yep. didn't make it weird. Yes. Thank you, Survivor. That's how you do it. The bar's fucking low, but they did cross <laughs> it. Yeah. So, anyway, Lil, Dara, and John win. What a, what a motley crew. This is the worst thing that could have happened to Sandra and Krista. Oh, yeah? John being left alone with Dara and Lil? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A day and a half to manipulate <laughs> them? Yeah. All while, they'll, all while they're stuck with the stone wall of incompetence that is Burton? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's great. I love it. Did you see the uh, handshake between Burton and Sandra after the challenge? Burton goes up and tries to shake Sandra's hand, and Sandra's like, no, no. Yeah, I mean, I read that as somebody who's very disappointed in themselves. Yes. And it's just like, like, Burton's trying to pick her up as an athlete. Burton <laughs> is very much an athlete. Yeah. And Sandra's like, nope, I'm mad at myself. I don't, I, I don't want any of that. I fucked up so hard. This is very much something you would see on, like, a high school football field, for yeah. example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they get on a boat, and they go to a plane... And then they go to another island. It was cool seeing them fly over these islands. It was. It is a a, a spattering of islands throughout this area. Yeah. And if you've ever been to this area, it is gorgeous. Like I'm not. Have I'm not, you? I'm. Well, I've been in and out around the Caribbean a lot. That was me. My question was like, did your cruise go down there? It did not to this specific area well i guess i can't verify that entirely i've been up and down the caribbean like from south america all the way up like did i honduras and like oh yeah you were right around the area yeah panama i've kind of been around that area and been to some cool places anyway gorgeous yeah absolutely tourism kills the planet Correct. anyway at least that kind of tourism yeah we have mirrors we have the spa they, they take a little moment they like check themselves out lil has a another panic moment of like yeah. oh my god look at me this <laughs> i like how you use dara's voice for yeah. lil yeah this is the best reward i can think of in a while like the most important reward mm-hmm. it's man this is such a like boost of energy and fuel to get you through the last eight days yeah, final six yeah. yeah this is huge mm-hmm. and it gives them a weird moment of strategy that these three have and with dara and johnny fairplay they're like yeah i can use this and manipulate this and I, lil kind of wants nothing to do with it i also i am going to call out the show for a moment because i just said good job you didn't make the fact that like tops kept falling down weird do we have to show Dara showering? Nope, we didn't. I also was going to say something what? about that. Stop it. Yeah. It, do- it doesn't make sense. She's not on Survivor to be objectified. She's on Survivor to try to win. Yeah. She's doing a bad job of it, but that <laughs> doesn't mean you get to be like, oh, look through this frosted glass. Yeah. And this is where I was like, yeah, Johnny's playing three sides here, and it's working. It's so wild that it's working. Yeah. We have... We're in the point in Survivor's history, I feel, without knowing what comes next, mm-hmm. that being a snake... Is very very is very very good and powerful because we don't have the snake catchers yet. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what happens once once people learn how to smoke these people out. Yeah, and Sandra has kind of tried. I mean, last episode we have the whole rant that she has to cover up that she spilled the fish. I mean, this is two episodes ago. Of like every time there's a plan, you're part of it. Mm-hmm. She said that in front of everybody. Yeah, but. Everybody, Johnny Fairplay's superpower is that his deception is out in the open. <laughs> uh, remind me when we're all done with this show of it, the part where you say Johnny Fairplay's superpower is being able to fuck around and not find out. Yeah, I have a story about that. I mean, eventually he's gonna find he out. Find he's out. gonna find out bad. Well, he, he, even if he wins the game, holy shit! People are, like with the dead grandma lie. They're going to just fucking beat him to death. Outside of Survivor, there is some, definitely some finding out. So, this happens, and back at camp, we also have Burton, Sandra, and Krista talking, and it's super awkward. It's so awkward. Burton, you're a terrible liar. Burton is not good at kind of rolling with what is around him. He's relying so heavily on John to come up with plans and strategies. 
I have not talked about the Burton and John alliance. Mm-hmm. It is a very powerful alliance. They complement each other very well. Because mm-hmm. Burton is the athlete at the press conference. Yeah. And he has a lot of trust in Johnny Fairplay. And he knows that he's usable. And he, he is using a little bit of strategy. He's like, yeah, I'll let Johnny make all the moves. And then I'll just throw him under the bus at Final Tribal. They're weirdly each other's shield. Yes! And it somehow has not bit them in the butt. It's it's a symbiotic relationship where, like, Burton is the shark and Johnny Fairplay is, like, the parasite riding on the back <laughs> of the shark. And they both benefit each other for yeah. some reason. Yeah, it's working. Yep. <laughs> Sandra and Krista are trying to find information, and he's just like, I, I, I don't know, I haven't even talked to John! I, 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 I don't know what John's doing. I don't know what we're doing. I, I compared this part with, Sa- like, that Sandra and John are in an abusive relationship. Where they just, like, keep getting brought back together, and then they fucking hate each other, and they break up, and then they're back together, and then they hate each other. <sighs> yeah, to the point where Chris is like, this conversation was very eye-opening. And uh-huh. final six shouldn't have been a, a point where your eye was open. And I feel like we always get this conversation of, Ah, yes, this was my aha moment. And then they go home that episode. Yeah, because you should have had it a week ago or two or three. You shouldn't be having aha moments. You should be planning for every possible strategy here. I mean, you can have aha moments, but like, what? Your aha moment is that Johnny Fairplay might betray you? (laughs) Really? Oops. Jesus. So back at the reward, they're all like, eating and enjoying this food and it, it really does illustrate very well how out of her element lil is yeah just the, all of this reward why does she think it's charming that johnny fairplay is ordering for them i want to say because she's just like so old-fashioned that it's she's so like gross. oh this man is taking charge. I don't know. She's I, Southern Belle here for me. Cause. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. I, the only thing I will say is that at least there's no like limit to what they can order. So, yeah. like, sure, if John wants to make a recognition, order it for them, and then they don't like it, they can order something else. Yeah. But it's, oh, God, I fucking hate when somebody orders for somebody else. There's nothing that makes me cringe harder. No, gentlemen, or just anyone in general, if you're going out with someone, let them choose what they want to eat, maybe. Yeah. Unless they're like, hey. You can make recommendations. Yeah. Unless you want to say, hey, I would like for you to choose for me. That's a completely different ball game. Like if you're if you're in an area where you want to play some mind games and you're like, all right, so let's see what you think I would like. That's different than I know what you're going to like. Yeah. And Lil, yeah, Lil says about like, I love a man who takes control. Yep. I, I like when a man takes charge. But then... Later, I don't, and I don't know what he says to upset her. I couldn't hear, and, and Paramount Plus is so bad that if I try to go back and, and alter anything, it starts the episode over. Well, even, but, even the closed captioning doesn't really okay. do us any favors here. But then she's like, how dare he try to take charge or whatever. <laughs> I was like, Lil, come on. Yeah, Lil's a little all over the place here. I also did write down the quote from this dinner when John's strategizing of, you're much more smarter than me. That was, yeah, that was the bruschetta. Yes, yeah. You're much more smarter than me. Yeah. I'm sorry, Lil. Oh. I also missed a quote earlier that I forgot to talk about when Sandra's doing the girls' alliance, where Sandra's trying to get rid of Burton. It's like, John's just like a girl. Yeah. Which I know what she meant. She's talking about in terms of, like, challenge strength. Challenge strength, yes. But it was funny. Also interesting that John makes a play here to say, hey, what if, uh, what if my grandma's last wish were that I win? I cannot believe this. This is pretty brutal, and I'm not going to support this, but, oh man, you're tugging at the heartstrings to try to make them, if nothing else, pity you into a million dollars. Yeah. How does Sandra not bring up next episode? Hey, you promised on your grandmother's grave that you would not betray me and Krista. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was brought up. No, no. Next episode. Like, how do you not bring up to Dara and Lil and Burton that like, hey, 
he they know who he is. You can't you can't surprise them with any information. If I remember correctly, he swore for that one vote. Yeah, maybe that's true. But I could be wrong here. I think yeah. that was the case. Not to be like semantics here, but yeah. I'm pretty sure that was the swear. Yeah, you might be right. <laughs> oh, and I did note, maybe it was John saying something about Lil being like the queen of whispering. Oh, maybe. And that's what makes her storm off? Doesn't matter. It's ironic that we couldn't hear it. Then. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's all weird. Anyway, it, anything you want to jump back for the rest of that reward or before immunity? No, it's we don't really get much of camp besides, oh, uh, Krista is open to backstabbing Sandra. Yep. Which is interesting because we don't see that from Sandra. We don't. Now, who knows? I wonder if the show would have kept that in there if she doesn't go home this episode. Sure. Uh, or if this is like a, hey, here's a black mark on why this person deserved to go home. Mm-hmm. I think both are valid. Yeah. John does say at breakfast about Lil that Lil is going to win this game. To you and me, Dara. You and me, Final Two. Just promised Final Two to everybody. Yeah. What I mean, could possibly go wrong? <laughs> I think promising everyone Final Two is not as crazy as a move as it sounds. Because... The people who are blindsided, like, you expect them, if you take them out earlier, it's not like they can be like, oh, he promised me two, he promised me four, and we didn't, like, the people who are the four aren't making it to the four. It's either you or them. Yeah. So, it's, it, it, it I, I think it blows up if you get to the final two, and every single person not jury, you've been like, hey, you and me to the end, maybe. <laughs> you and me, sure. You're not winning. You're probably not winning. But you got, I, to, you got to two. Dude, I have no fucking clue how Johnny Fairplay would or will do at a final tribal. Interesting. How, how do you think, based on what we've seen so far, how would he do? He should get zero votes. <laughs> but he's very persuasive. Mm-hmm. So he, he could win. I think Sandra has the best case to win. I just really love Sandra. Mm-hmm. Burton has a case, but I don't think it's a good one. Dara has no case. <laughs> Lil has very little case. So by that breakdown, John is probably the second or third most likely to win mm-hmm. in a final tribal. I, I don't know h- how he would do against Burton specifically. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. All right. One thing to note that when they come back, John is talking about the reward, and then he pulls Burton to the side and is like, we're all set. I got us. We're home free, baby. And then Burton's like, okay, but who's next? Tell me. What do I need to do? Tell me what do I need to do. Yeah. And they they write out and say it. It's, it's Krista. Krista's going. And that is, that's correct. That's what happened. So. This is the evil version of last episode, where like I complimented... Sandra and Krista, especially Sandra, mm-hmm. on them having lost Rupert and managing to where they're not even in the conversation to go home. Mm-hmm. It's Burton or T. This is the evil version of that where, like, John and Burton should be on the chopping block and the conversation is Lil or Krista. Yeah. And then we have another weird conversation which really highlights the differences between how John plays and how Burton plays. Is Burton is kind of up late at night and Lil's like, oh, I also can't sleep. Let's go talk and see if we're... Let's shore up our final two plan that we've talked about before. And Burton's like... Er, sorry, Lil asks, hey, we're still good? Final two? You and me, baby? Uh, the, t- the two that came back into this game together? We said we were you were going to protect me, huh? Burton, just say yes. And Burton's like, well, I'm not thinking that far ahead. Burton. What is up with people like Burton and Andrew that think like answering some something mealy mouth or in the middle is, is better is better than just giving a lie. Yeah. I don't think you're they're going to assume the worst if you pull back something you've already promised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're uh you're dancing around and dancing into the wrong area of the gym. Yeah. It is crazy that both the outcasts are still in the game though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, by all means, should have been an easy, okay, they're no longer immune, take them out, take them out. They they executed this twist very well. Yes, they did. Yay. 
immunity challenge. Oh, hey, we're at the ship again. <laughs> Except that's not important. We're we just not, couldn't tear it down in time. We're not using the ship. We're just there. I do love <laughs> Jeff going to Darren being like, you know, going to take the immunity idol back. And she says something like, uh, yeah, feels feels great. And she's like buckling under the weight of this immunity idol. Because she's so small. I love this idol. It's oh, so the, good to it's me. It's so comfortable. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we're we're playing shoot the targets. Weapons challenge, baby! This is a bad weapons challenge. I don't care. I love it. Okay. Every weapons challenge, I'm incredibly biased. I love it. It's... Okay. So they're shooting what looks like... A blunderbust, kind of. A musket. A musket. Okay. Yeah. They're shooting. They a modified a what they called a musket, but you're right. It looked more like a blunderbust to shoot flares. Yeah, and like they're not. They're clearly not using like gunpowder to shoot no. the flare. Nothing is explosive. It's just like click the button and the flare shoots out. So nobody was in danger here. This was much less problematic than the cannons. Sure, but just like. I don't know. It just, it seems weak. I agree. And I mean, I love it because it's a weapons challenge, mm -hmm. but, oh man, you were doing a pirate-themed season. There's so many weapons you could use. Correct. There, there was a lot that you could have done, but the key to this is that once you figure out how the gun shoots, you're, you're golden. Yeah. As long as you're a good shot, and Dara's a good shot. Yeah. And Dara hit every single I, shot here. I mean, to be fair, that is kind of how guns work. Yeah. Like, once you figure out how to aim it, you're good. Yeah, you're not wrong. But it doesn't make for great TV. No. This is not Top Shot, Jared. No. <laughs> I watched Top Shot. <laughs> we did. We did. We watched a bad version of Top Shot. No, no, sorry. This challenge is a bad version of Top Shot. Oh, and then we correct. also watched okay. Top Shot. I was like, excuse you? <laughs> Anyway, yeah, Dara hits all three shots. It's close because Krista hits her first two. But other than that, we're like, okay, yeah. this isn't really exciting. I wonder what would have happened if Krista would have won. I mean, she wouldn't have gone home. <laughs> but I'm wondering if it would have been Sandra? If it would have been Lil? I honestly don't know. I don't know. Because I do Does Sandra have a vote against her? I don't think so. I don't think so. So, like... She's so good at not getting aggro that I, I wonder. I wonder too. Would this throw everything for a loop? Yeah. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I will note that Krista did nick the post on her last shot, so she almost did win. They It looked like Jeff was trying to figure out if that shot connected mm -hmm. and if it just didn't catch fire. Yeah. This is like hockey off the post shot. Yeah. Like, oh, you were so close, but nope, that's I kind of think it should have counted. The rules were unclear as to whether you you had to set your target on fire, mm -hmm. which I think, it didn't come up. Like, the flare didn't hit and none caught on fire. They clearly, like, put it, like, gasoline on it or yeah. something. Lighter fluid or whatever. But, I don't know, man. With how they cut away from some of the shots, it made me think that some of them didn't light correctly, but they were very clearly hitting the target. Oh, I thought it just took time. It could have. But I, I don't think they wanted to show us that. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about in this episode? I just can't believe that Burton's not a target. Yeah? Why? Expound on that. He can win every single challenge from here on out. Mm -hmm. Sure, he's lost the last two. He was very close in that word challenge. He was. And this challenge is a bit of an oddball. I think... I don't know. I'd be very nervous to keep him around with how much of a challenge beast he is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and one last thing. John manipulating Lil. He does it perfectly. He talks about being naive. And Lil's like, he can't be lying. He swore on his grandmother. God damn it. Aw, Lil. You have different moral codes than Johnny Fairplay. Couldn't have less overlap in your moral codes. <laughs> At Tribal, we're, we're describing the game. Jeff's like, hey, d d describe this game for me. This, this feels different than other games I've seen. Like, we're hopeful. We're, everyone's hoping that everyone else is telling the truth. You're hoping you can also beat these people. Yeah. So it's a weird dichotomy there of like, yeah, you want to be forming these alliances, but I'm hoping my alliance, I can beat every single person in my alliance. Yeah. It's a cool, like, way to put it because yeah. it is hope-filled. You're, you're down to a one in six shot for a million dollars, but you're also relying on 
at least three of those six people to side with you. Yeah. Burton's like, hey, you gotta lie in this game. There's no way around it. And Sandra says, I hate to go against Lil. Everybody loves Lil. That's her trying to save Krista. It'd be suicidal. I 100% think she's just trying to save Krista there. You think she's trying to get Lil voted out? Yes. I don't know if she believes all of that, but she's definitely pushing it. Sure. Like, I I don't know how she actually views Lil in a final two. Mm Mm-hmm. There could be some truth in that, but even if it's a complete lie, even if it's a complete truth, it doesn't really matter. It's said for the benefit of Krista. Yeah. So, we vote, and Krista's gone. Pretty pretty along the lines. It was two to four. Yeah. Yeah. Krista does not come back. That's not terribly surprising. <laughs> I like Krista, but I don't think she played a very good game. I agree. I wanted her to. She was... She always seemed like she was flirting with the idea of playing mm-hmm. a good game, mm-hmm. but yeah, kind of underwhelming. It's one of those fringe players that you're like, oh, you could do something here and then just like doesn't or yeah. like makes moves, but makes the wrong moves. Yeah. And kind of like half commits to them. Yeah. And seems to get dragged along. Like I think Sandra was the one that pulled the trigger on getting rid of T. Mm-hmm. Krista didn't seem when she was like a last second decision, didn't seem super thrilled with it. Mm. And I think a bigger personality could talk Sandra out of that mistake. <laughs> Uh, some interesting notes on Krista. In 2005, she competed on the Survivor Family Feud episode. Like okay. Special. Her teammates, Sheanne, Sue, Hawk, Tawana, and Jenna from Amazon. Wow. Okay, what a weird list. They competed against Rupert, Hatch, Rudy, Johnny Fairplay, oh, God. and Ethan. So those are all All-Stars players except for Krista. And not Johnny Fairplay. Oh, yeah, okay. Because we, we know that Johnny Fairplay is not on Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay. Interesting. Interesting, isn't it? She got married in 2014, had a daughter. I think she had another daughter with... Uh, Wasn't she engaged this she season? Was, she was engaged this season. She gets married to her fiancé at the time. I, I believe they split. Okay. And then she got remarried. Even I was like, that's a long engagement. In 2015. 12-year <laughs> engagement. There's two other interesting notes here. Chris's daughter was a contestant on Top Chef Junior. Oh, cool. And her daughter won. Wow. All right. Which is, oh, sorry, not Top Chef, Chopped Junior. Okay. Won the top prize of $10,000. So that's fun. And one note here at the bottom of this, Chris's aunt went missing in Montreal, Canada. And in recent years, Krista and her mother led social media campaigns and submitted DNA testing kits to find her grandmother. In 2022, DNA was found as a match of a grandchild of this grandmother. Of the, of the or aunt. Yeah. Of aunt, you mean. Oh, yeah. Grandchild right. of the aunt. Grandchild of the aunt. They found out that her aunt, now deceased, started a new life under assumed name and... They don't know why, but now they're, like, promoting awareness of DNA testing. I don't know how I feel about that, because, like, if you don't want to be found, then by all means, like, go be somewhere else. That's complicated. It is complicated. I do think it's pretty badass just to be, like, new life. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible for the people in your previous life. Correct. That that is a little problematic, but, all right. Everyone has their reasons. I don't know. That's that's a weird subject, but um, that's some spy shit. Yeah. And they track her down. I mean, she was dead, but they tracked her down. Yeah. Through somebody else. Wow. Hey, we're related through this family member that you didn't know who she was and we didn't know who she was anymore. Wow. How do you think Krista does in Future Survivor? It's hard. It is. I don't think she does very well. And she's not like Adara or Elizabeth from season two Mm -hmm. or whatever, uh, Nalia from season four. Like, she's not that archetype of quiet, small, young girl that is, that makes, either makes moves or doesn't and is brought along because they're perceived easy to beat or reliable or for whatever reason. Yeah. She's very unique as a personality, but I don't really know what her game is. (laughs) And I think part of that's just being in an alliance with Rupert and Sandra that take up a lot of 
oxygen and strategic maneuvering, but I don't know. It does. I, I don't think she was very good at the game of Survivor, despite being a compelling personality. Sure. So I think that she's likable enough to stick around, but never good enough at the game to win. I would agree. I was going to say that this is relatively around her ceiling. I would agree, and I don't think that she's ever really an early vote because she is too charismatic and likable, but I think usually probably like a pre-merge vote. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, I, I think I agree. I think this is around her ceiling. That's so weird because all it all it would take was her the right people being on the right side of this weird six-way draw. I know. And the thing that really killed her, I think, is the fish bit. The fish bit killed her. I also think... I just don't think she's a very deft navigator. Like, she... It's interesting because Dara and Lil are okay with being led around. And that makes them useful. Krista, I don't think, is as willing to just, like, blindly be led around. Like, she wants to be this mover and shaker. Mm -hmm. But she's the worst one left in the game at it that wants to be doing it if that makes sense like she doesn't seem to have the prowess of a sandra a johnny fairplay a rob but she wants to sure and i think that would always get in her way okay who's your protagonist of the episode and why is it johnny fairplay it's johnny fairplay i mean yeah he's he's the one that sets the stage for this whole vote I do think if the reward teams were different, he would be less of the protagonist, but that reward challenge and getting the time to work Lil and Dara is huge. It's big. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Anything else before we end the episode? It's a fun season. It's a, it's a fun season. It's a fun season. Evil won this episode, but it's a fun season. <laughs> Evil wins the day. But will they win the war? Probably not. Bumper. That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. Jared, anything you'd like to promote today? I always think of things like (laughs) days beforehand, and then I forget them once we're recording, which maybe I should write them down. Who would have thunk it? Where's the fun in that, Jared? Where's the fun in that? Okay, it's been a little while since we've done this. I am going to promote you all promoting us again um i i i would love it if we had more reviews because i know how many people listen i know how many reviews we have (laughs) it just literally on spotify you just click it you click tap to rate you click the stars and it's done so rookie numbers we gotta boost those numbers and it helps a lot with the metrics and all of that i'm not somebody that's very good at self-promotion so i'm gonna so i'm trying that again are you a spotify podcast listener yes okay i'm an apple podcast podcast listener i was on Apple Podcasts for a very long time, but I got annoyed with their notifications. So I just... And I was already using Spotify for music. So I was like, oh, well, why not just use podcasts there? Yeah. All right. I guess I'm plugging Spotify by accident. (laughs) That's fine. Uh, I'm gonna promote Spotify, I guess. (laughs) I do like... Spotify is the music app that I like. I mean, nowadays, there's not a whole lot of difference between that and Apple Music. Sure. But... It was the one that did it right first. Correct. To me. And I've had premium for like a decade. I say do it right from the consumer side. From the music side, it's it's not as great. The music industry is so fucked. It's so fucked. It's, it's messy and artists are getting screwed everywhere. So, support artists. There we go. For my co-host Jared, this is Steven. For my host Steven, this is Jared. Hey, we're artists. We're making a thing. Pay us. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.